You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning winning try. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, the last time that we talked, we was talking about the reaction um, in terms of the Ravens putting the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. And, you know, you and I both said, well, clearly the Ravens know something that we don't um, because this feels very risky and low-key arrogant on their part in doing so. And shortly thereafter, not long after you and I recorded our podcast to talk about that, um, an influx of teams that need quarterbacks came out and said that they would not be in the running for Lamar Jackson, teams that uh, like the Atlanta Falcons, who I have been told previously definitely were interested in trying to sign Lamar um, long term and for a trade teams like the Raiders who need a quarterback. The Panthers could use one. Uh, the Commanders could use one. Uh, those teams came out and said, you know, we're not looking to, to get into this fight. And so. Um, my immediate thought was that this didn't look right. This was a little fishy um, because it was immediate. I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, it's unprecedented as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen a whole bunch of teams at the same time say, hey, we're not going to go after a quarterback who at one point was a unanimous MVP and has played at a high level since he's gotten into the National Football League. So here we are. We're at the point now where, look, and, and anything can change because the, the new year starts next week. Um, and so from what I'm understanding, because he is not technically a free agent, um, his period doesn't start until Wednesday. Um, but ultimately, this feels very, very funny in the light. What say you? Yeah, um, definitely funny. Definitely feels like a coordinated effort um, to where all teams are on one accord. But this is early. These are reports. And I don't. Make no mistake about it. I don't think these reporters are making this stuff up. Yeah, you know I think saying? that they asked. And yeah. these are the answers that they got. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I don't I don't think these I'm not coming at the reporters or anything like that when I say that I want to wait and see how this happens because some of these reports may turn out to not end up being true. Um I had Kim McCusick on my show and he was of the mindset of, you know, it's almost standard for teams to come out like they did and say that they aren't interested because they want to try to drive the price down for Lamar. 
makes sense. Okay. But my thing is, what's the point in saying you're not interested this week and then we get to next week and then we find out these teams are interested? What did that do? It's going to come out eventually. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like it's a it's a ploy right now. And really, Lamar is he's a pawn in a match, in a chess match between the PA and the owners. That's, yep. that's yep. really what this is. He's He's been the guy, the, the Lamar and the Ravens are kind of the ones in the middle of this because this is a pivotal decision, not just for the Ravens, but for the league. This is going to have heavy impact on the, the quarterback market going forward. Um, and it's tough because it, it's not like, I mean, if you're Lamar Jackson, why would you ask for anything less than what a guy like Deshaun Watson got? I mean, it it just doesn't make sense. It, but and I understand the owner's aspect of that was a stupid decision. That was a one off. And they don't want to make that a norm. I right. understand both sides. I totally do. Um, it just sucks to me that I think Lamar just he has to be the guy to be kind of the the logo of this. He's got to wear this. Yeah. Um, and to this point, I feel like the owners, maybe not necessarily the owners, but I'll say the league in general coming in. Remember, they wanted Lamar to play wide receiver. He yeah. plays quarterback. He ends up being very good at quarterback, ends up winning MVP, but he doesn't have an agent. It's, it's so many things that Lamar has already done to kind of change the way things were. You know, he's not the first quarterback that they've tried to change to a wide receiver, but right. he didn't do it. And he went out there and played his style of ball and it's worked for him. He's not the first guy to not have an agent, but that's what's going on right now. And I feel like that is a sticking point that's really kind of being used against him uh, a little bit in, in these, in this whole process, because how many teams really want to negotiate with Lamar? Derek right. himself has said it's been challenging to negotiate with Lamar. And these other teams are going to have less time to get a deal worked out than the Ravens have. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The Ravens have been negotiating this deal for two years. These other yep. teams are going to get, what, a week? So it's, it may not be something that a lot of teams are desiring to do, just the process of it all. I, think, I don't think it's a knock on Lamar, the player. I don't think teams especially all these quarterback needy teams are saying we don't want Lamar because we don't think Lamar can play the quarterback position or anything like that. I don't think that's what this is. Uh, I think this is just a statement that's trying to be made on both sides of the players wanting what they want and the, and the owners not wanting to pay essentially what the players want to have happen, which is these fully guaranteed deals. So is making things a lot more difficult, but if this process holds steady and nobody ends up putting an offer on Lamar, that definitely adds a new wrinkle. I agree. I mean, this is really a thing. I mean, this is not about Lamar specifically. It's unfortunately it involves Lamar, but this is not about Lamar Jackson more so than it is about the the league wanting to make sure that the market does not get uh, overzealous in terms of how they pay. Is it jacked up? Depends on how you look at it, right? I personally am, am going to feel like players should absolutely try to get their money. But I also understand, too, Cordell, that there's, this is a salary cap era. If this was before 1995, 
then I then there I, I got a problem with this, right? But ultimately, you know, you you do have to have a specific cap number that you're supposed to stay under, stay over, whatever. And yes, there are ways to get around that. We all know that there are ways to get around that. So uh, I understand you saying I'm not I'm not really buying that because we've seen teams be over the cap. Eventually, though, it does. You do have to find a way to get within the cap. That's just how it goes that's just how it's played um and so i understand that part of it another thing that was brought to my attention in terms of like maybe this is a a reason why that they're kind of you know laid back on it as well is because lamar and being in in, you know the non-exclusive tag which means teams are going to have to come up with their own contract terms and try to offer it to lamar and so it was brought up and i didn't even think about this that what exactly is it that that would be you know something that teams wouldn't want to do well maybe they don't want to do the dirty work for the ravens maybe Mm -hmm. they're the ones that's like you do the dirty work this is your guy you know it's one thing i think if he would have gone exclusive and then teams could have said hey this is i want to request a trade for lamar and then they dealt with the terms once lamar got there right the the ravens are asking the league to set the market for lamar and people don't want to do it no, I think people don't want to be the the guy to do it unless he is their guy, right? Yeah. As of right now, he's the Ravens guy. And if they sign uh, an offer, the Ravens have every right to uh, match the offer sheet in which, you know, he signed. So it's very possible that owners are like, Mm-mm, get somebody else to do it because I'm not doing it. You do it. And, you know, we've gotten to that point of this, the contract negotiation uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, maybe that's kind of the vibe that they had gotten. Maybe that's the, you know, the the, the thing that made them feel like they could put the non-exclusive tag on him is the fact that maybe other teams in the flip side, you know, the best part would be if teams did put the offer on them and then the Ravens are like, great. Now we can just match it, get this thing over with. We got our guy long-term. We're good. Um, But the flip side would be nobody puts an offer on them or nobody puts an offer on them before the draft. Because if they don't put the offer, if nobody puts an offer or Lamar doesn't sign an offer sheet before the draft, then that makes it so that teams like Miami can jump back into the fold because Miami doesn't have a first round pick this year. So they wouldn't be able to be one of the teams that could talk to Lamar right now anyway. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't sign the offer sheet until after the draft, now the two first round picks would be next year's first and 2025 first, which mm-hmm. Miami currently has. Um, so now you're starting to have it like, there's so many layers of this that I think we have yet to really get to yet in terms of, you know, the, the timeline so to speak. Yeah. They've got the non-exclusive tag on them now, but this thing isn't going to end if nobody puts an offer on them next week. Now, if, if, or or it's not really even about the teams putting offers on them, I should say it's about Lamar signing an offer sheet um, because ultimately that's what it is. That would have to happen. Teams could make all the offers they want, but if Lamar doesn't want to go there, then he he doesn't have to sign anything. Right. you know, what happens if teams don't put an offer on him until uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what happens if team, well, what happens if teams don't put an offer on him at all? You know, do the Ravens then 
find a way to get Lamar to just say, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's just get this done. And he signs the the highest offer that I would believe I would I would imagine the Ravens would end up giving him the highest offer they yeah they, uh, that they had of of already given him to this point, regardless of whether he rejected it or not. We talk about the Raven way. Kim McCusick was another one. He was talking about that on my show. You know, that's I, I think that's a part of the Raven way. I think they would try to do right by him and you know still put that offer back on the table. So, you know, maybe that's an outcome. Or, like I said, if he doesn't sign an offer sheet before the draft and you get to after the draft and Miami gets in play or something like that, it becomes a lot more interesting. So I am curious to see if somebody will be able to jump out there and make it happen with Lamar, you know, um, because it's about more than just talking to him. They got to actually get this guy to commit. And like I said, it hasn't been an easy negotiation process for the Ravens, and they've been negotiating for two years. Absolutely. So, so I, I, good luck to these teams out there. They <laughs> better come strong. Absolutely. That's definitely going to have to be a thing. You're going to have to figure out how to make this right. And so I, I just don't know how that's going to happen. Um, but, oh, you know, that's just what it is, right? Like, this is where we are. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it will be very interesting in understanding, you know, what it is that, that that is going to come from this. I just think that how this has turned out is just kind of it feels gross. Yeah. You know, I understand that, you know, you want to try to set a market and look, both things could be true. The other teams might not want to be bothered with trying to do the Ravens work. And they all have come to the conclusion that they're not going to allow these quarterbacks to set markets that they don't believe at the moment um, are relative to what they, to their teams. And so, it feel it's that it's not that you don't understand the logic behind it, right? Because at the end of the day, business people want to make sure that there's still cash after they pay their employees, right? But it just feels really gross about how this is happening. Of course, you, myself, or anyone that's thought that this was some type of collusion can't um, confirm that. We don't know that that's true, mm -hmm. but it just feels like something is going on when everyone just out of the blue says, hey, I'm not going to be in the running. Yeah. And that's the part that I think feels icky. And I really hate that Lamar, a person that who I've said on this podcast before, I want Lamar to get everything that he's worth because he deserves all of those things is the person that's caught in the middle of all of this. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a shame because you, you can look at it as disrespect. This yep. is an unanimous MVP winner. There, it, it was flat out disrespect. Whether these teams are going to be interested or not, for these, for all of these reports to be put out in a matter of minutes, that all of these quarterback needy teams aren't interested, just that's, I think that is incredible. It was just incredibly disrespectful. It was a bad look. People can try to dress it up as much as they want and say, you know, it's is what they're supposed to do, or this is expected because of the sit you know the dynamics of the situation i get it but this is a a 26 year old quarterback in his prime that has a, almost a 30 win differential in his win loss record it's you know i don't know I, I just felt like it shouldn't be it shouldn't have happened the way that it happened right um, it just didn't look good it regardless of how why it was put out it, the optics don't look good i'll also say this 
in terms of Lamar's options and 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 things like that, uh, I am interested to see how much Lamar really wants to be in Baltimore because you, I don't know if you saw the Ian Rappaport uh, segment the other day where he's talking about the, how the Ravens have, and it's been reported a couple of times, they have offered him deals to make him like the second highest paid yeah. in terms of, you know, guaranteed money. Uh, and he's declined it. So right. it's almost, you you can get the vibe of like, well, what is Lamar looking for? I mean, if right. you, unless it's um, the only other alternative is the kind of the Deshaun Watson deal. Like, what is it exactly that you're looking for, Lamar? Or is it that you just don't want to play in Baltimore? And with him getting this non-exclusive tag, it doesn't allow him to sign an offer sheet from a team that is willing to do what the Ravens are willing to do. He right. can't just go and sign an offer sheet to Atlanta because he wants to play in Atlanta because the Ravens will just match it unless he goes, I mean, unless he tells the cost of like, please don't match it. <laughs> like, right. Don't match it. Don't, please. I want to But if that's go. the case, then ask for a trade flat right. out. It, right. Look, if you, it, look, if, if you're, if you don't want to look like the bad guy, well, guess what? That's going to happen regardless. If, if, if that's what you want, if this is a silent trade demand, right? At some point, we're going to find out that you wanted a trade. It's going to come out. Mm -hmm. Because once the Ravens trade you, let's say this is a hypothetical situation, right? And he wanted a trade and the Ravens trade him. You think they're not going to come out and tell people that that's what no, happened? They definitely will. I mean, the so, cops already told us when, when Marquise Brown initially asked for a trade. So yep. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely tell it after the fact. So that's the part that I'm trying to understand. If that's the case, you're going to be the bad guy no matter what. Under any circumstance, do you think that you're going to be the good guy in this? If that's what you want, that's not going to happen. And then so if you want that, if you're asking for the Ravens to take you, send you somewhere else, then, hey, staying 10 toes down in it. Nah, people, I, I, I people are not going to like a lot of things, and they'll get mm -hmm. over that too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot of conflicted stuff. Lamar has, like, Photoshop pictures of him in other uniforms. And he said he's trolling. I get it. But in the same breath, he'll post stuff of him in Ravens jerseys. Like yep. I, just, just yesterday he had it on his Instagram or the other, what Wednesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, he had it on his Instagram story of him, you know, another picture of him throwing in a Ravens Jersey. So I don't know. It, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's this whole situation causes you to kind of, go back and forth, look at it from every point of view, which is what I've been trying to do this entire process, but it's, it's definitely exhausting because the point of views are, are like multiplying by the day. Right. Absolutely. So I, I just don't know how this is going to end. Um, you know, it, it feels like it's a very big possibility that he stays in Baltimore, but I don't know if that means because of a new contract or if because he plays under the tag. We'll find out sooner or later. All I know is, is that Lamar deserves more money than $32 million. So I really hope that they can come to some type of resolution sooner rather than later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into our next segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So there's been a, we, we didn't finish our series, Cordell, in terms of um, grading, you know, each group. And so we didn't do coaches. We did offense, defense, special teams. But the one thing we didn't do is coaches. And a lot of that has to do with all the drama we've had to talk about in the last couple of weeks. So we had to get those topics out because they're mm-hmm. the more important topics. But with the new slate of coaches coming in, and that's something that we need to talk about, let's start with what our grades are. We don't really have to get too much into it, um, but – Ultimately, 2022, what did you consider those coaches to be if you had to give them a grade? So are we are we grading the coach given like one grade for the coaches combined right now, I guess? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, let's let's overall. Yep. Okay. Overall. Uh I might have to say C minus. Um, and I think I'm, yeah, I see minus feels about right. You know, I didn't think it was Harv's best year coaching. Um, at times, at times he, he, he was able to get his team right. I think what they had that five game win streak Yeah. Uh, after they were three and three, they really looked like they were starting to hit their stride there. Um, that they looked pretty good, but other times I, I, I like aggressive Harv's more than a lot of people. Uh, yeah. I don't mind the aggression. I'm of the mindset, you know, it's the NFL. It's a grown man league. If you're in a fourth and one, you should be able to get a yard. If it's fourth and inches, you should be able to get inches. Like it's, it's man on man. Yep. So I'm always mostly going to be a proponent for going for it in those fourth and short situations, especially yep. when you've got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. My issue has been the play calling in those situations that he Harbs has allowed to happen time and time again, the mismanagement of the clock time mm-hmm. and time again that he has allowed. So he gets a lot of the, he takes a responsibility for that. Uh, Greg Roman, I mean, God bless him. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like we have just beat that horse. Uh, <laughs> can't no more. Uh, but, you know, Greg Roman's deficiencies were highlighted a lot this year, mostly, like I said, with the situational play calling, third and short, fourth and short, uh, uh, red zone play calling, abysmal, um, not being able to utilize the weapons you have at your disposal, even when you have so many injuries on your offense to key players. Mm-hmm. Bateman goes down. Duvernay's touches don't go up. Duvernay goes down likely's catches don't touches don't go up you know so it it, you never really got the running backs involved in the in the run game I mean in the past game Lamar has continued to kind of digress uh I feel like regress I should say over the last couple of years and I think in large part because this offensive system had gotten stale and he hadn't added any new layers and any new layers that he did add clearly weren't working so um, that's Greg Roman. He's bringing, he's bringing the grade down a lot for sure. Um, and McDonald, he's bringing the grade up, you know, yep. I thought McDonald got better as the year went on, started out Rocky for sure. 
But as the year went on, he started to understand how to use the players that he had at his disposal and even added in a Roquan Smith. I mean, Roquan just fit like a glove. Uh, he was able to catch on so fast that this defense really took their game to another level and really carried, I think, this team in the back half of the season when the offense really went totally dry. Yeah. So McDonald definitely is bringing that grade up. Special teams, I'm including special teams in this. Special teams wasn't great. Wasn't no. great. A couple of missed field goals. Um, the return game in special teams wasn't as good as it was the year before. Even gave up some good returns and pivotal moments uh, a couple of times this year. Uh, some bad penalties on special teams. Guys hitting guys late out of bounds. and It's just bad. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't the typical militant uh special teams that we're used to seeing from the Ravens so yeah, yeah I, I felt like a C minus is, is kind of where they're at as a unit I'd pick them as a C minus as well for the all the reasons that you've given um I, I think that you know um head coaching uh and offensive coaching had really brought this down um special teams I'd give yeah I would have gave them a C and I, and I think that I would have given um, the the defensive B, but the the uh, overall head coaching and the offensive coaching, I would have given a D easily. Um, so that is basically where I stand. I'm with you on that, and you just kind of took the words out of my mouth and in, in terms of like what my issues were collectively. Um, so with that said, there are changes that have been made um, to this roster in terms of coaching. And so now instead of Greg Roman, we have Todd Munkin, obviously from the University of Georgia. Um, quarterback's coach has changed from James Urban to T. Martin. The running back's coach was once Craig Viersig, and now it's Willie Taggart. Um, we moved T. Martin from the wide receiver position um, to running backs, I mean, to quarterbacks, of course. And then they added Greg Lewis to take over his spot um, at wide receivers coach. Outside linebacker Rob Leonard left. I believe he went to the Raiders. So they um, added Chuck Smith and um, Lynn left in terms of the DBs coach. And they asked, uh, they got, excuse me, Denard Wilson. And so when you start looking at the background of these guys, it really feels like this is a good roster that they have and that they're building a really, really good roster. Apparently Anthony Weaver, um, the Ravens assistant coach, head coach, uh, was a part of a lot of committees in, in terms of getting these guys. One of my favorite um things about one of the recent hires and Chuck Smith was that um, he uh, played a role with line. We know who Vaughn Miller is all pro linebacker for the bills as well as the Broncos uh, for the pass rush summit. So I would like to think that that means that the pass rush is going to be a focal point in mm -hmm. what the Ravens are trying to do. Cause they, they love pass rushers now, but they've struggled with that. Uh, in the last couple of years. So it, it feels like this dude is a guy that they think that could re-upholster re um, the current situation from a pass rush perspective. Yeah. I mean, these head coaches, the, um, not the head coaches, but the, the coaches that the Ravens have been bringing in, they, they've really been slam dunks, uh, I, I think, for their team. I, I mean, they moved T. Martin, the quarterback coach. We'll see how that goes. But, I, you know, assuming Lamar's there, I think T. Martin will be able to be, you know, relate to him a little more. I, I think it was time for a change at the quarterback coach with James Urban being there. I, I don't believe Lamar was too fond of him. Um, 
So I, I'm curious to see how T. Martin does there. Willie Taggart, you know, like we've said in the past, the running backs were the furthest thing from the issues on the offense, but I can't complain about it yet. We'll see how that goes. Greg Lewis, definitely. I remember him from his days out in Philadelphia uh, playing in the NFC East. Sean Taylor had to, had to pop him a couple of times, but Greg Lewis has experience in the league and he's, he's been uh, with the chiefs and it's been a quarterback, uh, the running backs coach and wide receivers coach out there. So one thing I am, and I've been begging for it for a while. I, and I, I think Munkin tire shows that they're going to hopefully be able to do this, but adding Greg Lewis as well, who not only coached quarterback, uh, co- coached wide receivers that played for a mobile quarterback, but he himself played with a mobile quarterback, and Donovan McNabb. So I'm curious to see if he can get these receivers to start to play more through the whistle uh, in their route running to pull to even when Lamar is extending plays to start working their way back to him to get open in the scramble drill. I have been begging for that for a while now for the Ravens receivers to be better in the scramble drill. They've got the most electrifying quarterback in the league at times, especially when he leaves the pocket. They should be hitting on bigger plays in the pass game when Lamar leaves the pocket. Hopefully he adds to that. Chuck Smith, like you said, I mean, this guy is looked at as a sack savant, you know, a sack guru. Um, He's he's had his fingerprint on a lot of top elite pass rushers in the NFL. And the Ravens right now have a situation where they have pass rushers who have untapped potential. So they need Chuck Smith to unlock these guys. They know what they're capable of doing, but they haven't been able to do it yet. And I mean, Adolf, I mean, not Adafe, but you know, um, uh, Ajabo, we don't necessarily know what he's capable of fully doing yet at this level. He, the sample size has been so small, but you feel good about a Chuck Smith being able to help he and Adafe away and Tyus Bowser take their games to the next level. And Denard Wilson as the DB coach, you know, don't really we'll see how that pans out that's kind of the running back mode for me as well but they do have some young dbs db is a need for them right now going into the draft so um these young guys it's important that they have a coach there that can help take these young guys to the next level absolutely it just feels like this is one of the better staff rosters that the ravens have had in quite some time and they've had some really good coaching um guys on before you know what i mean um but this really feels like it's very solid um it feels like it's upgrades in some Mm -hmm. areas particularly the offensive coordinator position and, um, yeah, I, I think that that's something that people can feel excited about, man. I mean, because, you know, as you and I talked about, like, you know, the situation with offense in terms of, like, Rashad Bateman going down and then we still not seeing production from DuVernay, and even and although he's shown that he can be productive, was very weird. Um, and I would like to think that Todd Munkin will um, maximize the talent of all the guys that he has and, and not, you know, um, have him sitting in, in, in situations that, essentially don't benefit them at all. Um, and so, you know, and then the defensive guys, I think it just feels like this is really a really good staff that they've, they've put together. So obviously we won't know any of these things until the season starts, but, you know, basic on paper, it yeah. feels like it, it it's a good start for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, the monk and hire too adds to it, you know, it's, it's been a lot of heavy hitting uh, coaching moves, I think for the Ravens this year. 
and they've got some, they've gone a variety of ways to get it, you know, for them to uh, go out there and, and, and get Chuck Smith, you know, that's, that's different. You know, that, that's not, uh, he's, he's been kind of doing clinics and he's, he run, I think he helps run the uh, Von Miller uh, camp, the sack camp that he runs out there. So, you know, he's a guy that is definitely, I mean, he's a former player as well. So he's a guy that's revered around the league. He has a reputation, but he's a, he's a kind of a side trainer. So for them mm-hmm. to bring him in and because of the input that he's had on other top-notch pass rushers in the league, um, I, I think that's going to be big for them. Absolutely. Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If you haven't, please hit that subscribe button so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So we talked about one Chuck. Uh, One Chuck is here and uh, there's another Chuck that is exiting, unfortunately. Uh, We've seen the last of Chuck Clark, Raven Safety, as he has been traded to the New York Jets for a seventh round pick and so i've seen some discourse about this um on social media uh cordell in regards to oh he was only traded for you know a seventh round pick but i i I think we're we have to understand that chuck clark was about to get cut anyway because they needed to move some money around because Mm -hmm. they're nine million dollars uh negative in terms of the cap my understanding in, in in this trade this alleviates $4 million uh, for the Ravens and it gives them, you know, cap room of $4 million. So it sucks because Chuck Clark is a very good football player. He was a good football player for this team. He was a huge overachiever. The Ravens are really good with undrafted guys and, and lots of times guys that come in the late round. And Chuck Clark was a sixth round draft pick. So it sucks in that regard because he definitely added value to what the defense was doing. But ultimately, you knew that this was going to come to an end. With the addition of Marcus Williams and then the drafting of Kyle Hamilton, it just felt like the writing was on the wall. And I feel like people thought that this was supposed to happen a year ago. The Ravens kept them, which I'm glad that they did frankly. Um, And it helped, especially when you had Marcus Williams go out um, early in the season with an injury. But ultimately, it just felt like once Kyle Hamilton got drafted, his time was slowly um, going away from the Ravens. Yeah, uh, definitely. The writing was on the wall uh, for Chuck Clark to no longer be in Baltimore. Um, I mean, he asked for a trade last year. Uh, And the Ravens, like you, are probably happy that they didn't trade him because you mentioned an injury to Marcus Williams, but Kyle Hamilton himself wasn't ready. You but know, valid, very valid. You know, so they needed Chuck Clark to be out there, and it, and Chuck Clark is a guy that didn't miss anything. He could have sat out, you know, a cup of mini camp or anything like that, but he showed up to everything. Showed up to everything. OTAs, I believe he was there as well. So, you know, that he's a constant pro. Um, he was dependable, played a hundred percent of the snaps. What the last three years, uh, he, he's been able to wear the green dot. I, I think uh, it's definitely going to be a blow to the defense. Maybe you know, uh, just from everything that he does on the field, his reliability, him being able to put guys in the right spots. They look at him as a leader. He's one of the leaders in that locker room. Um, so this isn't a small loss, I don't think. Even though you know it's coming. You, you, it's still a, it still impacts your team. Um, in terms of what they were able to get back in return, a seventh round pick for next year, 
I mean, it's whatever. You know, it it, it saves them the opportunity to be able to uh, trade a guy and get something for him, even though everybody knew they were going to cut him. And they actually were able to save, I think, about $600,000 more by trading him instead of cutting him. So that also, you know, works out for the Ravens because right now every dollar counts right. <laughs> for, for the Ravens. So uh, definitely going to be a blow to this defense. But Chuck Clark is joining a Jets defense that was really good this past yep. year. Yep. And, you know, I think Chuck Clark only makes that defense better. Look, Sauce Gardner, who is an up-and-coming guy, it, obviously his rookie season was last year, but he played extremely well. He gets to play in that backfield. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that this is a good place for him. You know, I, I do think that he will do well there. Um, you know, Joe Douglas, the GM for the Jets, obviously has a relationship with the Ravens mm -hmm. because he was one of the Ravens employees. So it kind of makes sense in that regard as well. Um, Chuck has been on the Tyus Bowser show with Glenn and I a couple of times. Um, and he was always just the greatest guest. You know, yeah. I, I really enjoyed him um, as a player. Um, he was personable. He was fun. And so that part I am going to miss, you know, um, he, like, again, he was very um, supportive of Tyus's show and he's he's come out and, and been great. You know, he signed autographs, he took pictures and yeah. all of those things. So, you know, you, it, it's, you do miss guys that are like, Guys that, that typically don't give you no issues, that, yeah. you know, that will talk to you and all of those things. And he was definitely one of those guys. So, you know, from you and myself, like, you know, from a media perspective, mm -hmm. you know, those things stick out to us, too. Oh. Not just what they do on the field, but how they talk off the field. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, how they, yeah. Like you said, we have to deal with these guys. Exactly. You know? we, we, he's he's not not everybody, you know, is a pleasure to deal with. They hate to break it to people. Um, but Chuck is one of the ones that were, that was good to deal with. He always, you know, even if he couldn't talk, you know, he say it, you know, in a, in a, in a polite way. Uh, and if he, if he would, he definitely, if he's able to talk, he definitely would always gave quality answers. Um, and you think about it, you know, he's had to be a guy over the last couple of years that had that when the Ravens have a tough loss, Chuck Clark is one of the people that sent into the podium. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He's yep. one of the guys that's talking every time the team has an embarrassing loss uh, for good, for better or worse. He's, he's up there. So he, he deserves a, a lot of credit for that as well, because that's not an easy thing to do. And he's been put up at that podium to talk at times where and for and after bad losses that, you know, it ain't his fault, you know, right. but he's <laughs> there. He is. He's up there speaking on behalf of the team and, and he would answer every question to the best of his ability. So, yeah. You know, it, it definitely that's why I said it's, it's going to be an impact to that locker room, because I think he's a well you already see seen guys. Uh, I saw Marlon. I saw Geno Stone tweet at him, you know, that they how much they respect him. And remember Chuck Clark, how remember how Chuck Clark even got on the field for the Ravens, you know, uh, getting into it with Earl Thomas and. And, yep. and then oh, that was the, my favorite part. Like, yeah, I mean, he punches Earl Thomas and his teammates come and they back him up instead yeah. of the big name guy. Yeah. I mean, because, well, you know, we find out later why right. they, right. you know, 
you know, maybe Earl Thomas wasn't the nicest guy. Yeah. But, you know, Chuck Clark, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's a dude that's like born. For, yeah, he's a Philly dude, born in Philly. So that came out of him real yeah. fast. OK. And I appreciate people like that. Hey, man, I ain't got to put up with you just because <laughs> my teammate. Now, right. was it messy? Yes. But sometimes you got to check people. And mm -hmm. that's just what it's going to be. And I, uh, you know, I completely feel that when it comes to dudes like Chuck. He's a real one. That's what I like yeah. to call dudes like Chuck, yeah. a real one. And uh, I am going to miss him. Yeah. Um, he He's a he's a good dude. He, he's a fun dude and um, a real dude. Like, yeah. and, and yeah. You know, although he had some moments uh, of breakdowns for the team, overall, I thought he's, he's played as well yeah. as you could ask for for a guy that came out in the sixth round. Yeah, I mean he's been. I mean he's played a hundred percent of the snaps. Exactly. He's out there every play, he's durable. He's physical. Yeah. I mean no no player's perfect. You know, not everybody can cover fifty yards down the field and also still you know later hits inside the box or anything like that. Like it's it's tough to to do everything. He can only do what he's capable of doing. But I tell you this, he definitely does it to the best of his ability. He plays hard. Um, I, I really think that the Jets, you talk about getting a lot of bang for your buck, man, you, you, you give up a seventh round pick next year for, for a starting safety yep. in this league and durability is not something to scoff at in the NFL. It's yep. not many players that can play a hundred percent of the snaps in a season, especially when you play as physical as Chuck Clark plays, you know, that's something's to be said for that team's. Teams desire to have those types of players. So I, I really do think that the Jets are, are getting something good there. And, you know, the Ravens aren't necessarily going to lose any sleep. You know, they they get to save a couple of coins. And, you know, Kyle Hamilton, the guy that they used the 14th overall pick on last year, they'll be able to put him back in more of his natural role and use him the way that he was drafted to be. Absolutely. So, you know, he will be missed. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, Chuck was a good dude. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll see him sometime again, whether it be on the field, off the field. I don't yeah. know how this is going to happen, but we'll we'll see Chuck again. We I'm, I'm thankful for his time here. He was a great sport and a good player for the Ravens. So um, good luck to Chuck in New York. And um, unless they somehow have to play the Ravens in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that is. All right. So I want to thank you all for, for joining us. Uh, it's the weekend. Didn't even realize it was the weekend. Um, and so I hope that you guys have a safe weekend, a great weekend, whatever it is that you're doing. But make sure that you tell your friends about the Winning Drive podcast in doing so. Um, because we always have all of the good intake in terms of uh, Ravens news. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Winning Drive.